when we're in alpha, are we more open to suggestion? Are we more open to... Yeah. yeah. So is it about being quite careful about the things you say there? Right. And that's what hypnosis is supposedly yeah. all about. That's what it's based on, the idea that, you know, you go into hypnosis and then you're susceptible to suggestion. Mm. So let's just make the suggestion that you experience... Uh, nauseousness whenever you think about smoking. I'm not sure if that works or not. I would probably say no, but if you try to apply that to feelings and reconditioned feelings, it's not going to work. Uh, it's it's curious. You know, I've uh, started reading, uh, I picked up uh, a copy of uh, Freud's uh, complete works like last year somehow and I got into reading it and, and it's amazing uh, he's brilliant but may, maybe outdated in some places mm -hmm. he talks about trying hypnosis and then abandoning it but that's all he says he doesn't say and then Jung in his memories and reflections says well we try I tried hypnosis but that didn't work <laughs> so I got into mm -hmm. something else but they don't explain what they mean by hypnosis and probably what they mean is trying to recondition in the hypnotic alpha state. You know, go back and, and uh, reframe your relationship with your parents, see it as being totally harmonious and so on. That's what traditional hypnotherapy has tried to do. But, you know, we use the alpha state to just contact the subconscious and then be present and allow it to dissipate and exhaust its energies that's really the key essential difference mm -hmm. but yeah. you i mean people don't realize to what extent they're being hypnotized by tv it, when you watch tv you go into an alpha state and all these images you see commercials and the stuff that's being presented it's just total mind programming mind control yeah no, nobody realizes it. You can you can have it being done to you, and and you don't realize it. And that's why, or one of the reasons why, society is changing so drastically today. And there are all these different new attitudes, uh, some of which may be helpful, but many of which I would say are not helpful. And uh, we become condition to these all right so this is just you know extraneous no john i agree oh. so much and um i it, to take it a step further that's what you know these are in our social media the social media platforms and stuff and they've openly experimented with you know um changing people's emotions and stuff like there's studies that will pop up in the news you know facebook's done twitter and it's so easy to to train us, work like you know, operating systems. So it's mm -hmm. really important to be aware of what you're ingesting. There, um, I very much agree. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and especially like uh, modern day movies, I find really just com completely repulsive. Whenever I watch a movie, it has to be made before two thousand to be yeah. to be watchable. It's do you ever run into clients that have trouble just getting into alpha and how do you sure. handle that? Maybe there's two ways to look at this. 
um, there might be trouble getting into alpha, and then there might be trouble accessing feelings. Those might be two different kinds of things. But, you know, it's not uncommon that I've encountered clients that seem to have a, a little capacity for entering alpha or for right brain work in general. That's just because they're too much, they're too left brainy. They don't have mm-hmm. right brain experience and they, ju- they just don't have the capacity. So, you know, right brain experience and ability capacity builds up because you've been active in that, in that field. You've been a meditator or you've been active in the arts or you've been some kind of a counselor where intuition is prominent. So you've been developing your right brain. Now, women in general are a little more right brainy than men, but maybe that's not always the case, especially in today's world. But uh, traditionally, they they have been. But um, yeah, so if if somebody doesn't have right brain capacity, you can always revert to talk therapy. Is to be present, hold the space, demonstrate acceptance, unconditional acceptance for whatever the client presents. That's really the foundational uh, state that most therapy functions on, most talk therapy. That's what it is. That can be significant for somebody who hasn't experienced that, to have somebody listen to demonstrate unconditional acceptance. That can be a powerful experience in itself. So that's not worthless. You can provide that for your client, and then you try to teach them about um, the right brain. You know, doing yoga. I mean, you can do yoga left brain, or you can do it right brain as well. So it's like you can advocate, well, let me do some yoga, but don't do it with this determination that you have to get somewhere and exceed and, you know, be great. Do it and just have the feeling have the feeling experience in your body. Feel what happens to the body as you do all these different postures. Relax into the body and uh, forget about standing poses. Just go into uh, horizontal body poses. So it's all about cultivating right brain. Now, if somebody can't access feelings, uh, it's maybe the similar kind of thing. They may not have enough right brain capacity, but you know, it still might just be pointing them in that direction and going as far as you can go with them. You don't want to lead them into feelings, but you may be able to articulate feelings that they're not quite able to grasp. John, I'm just curious, that last comment, you, you, you because I've read several things by you, the manual in your book, other things, the heart center. It's, it's not something, you know, maybe you could just, a sentence or two on that so I understand um, because it seems to me there's the way that this works is things emanate from different I mean it's based on I guess the chakra system or whatever it is but mm-hmm. you know you tie things to these specific centers um, and, and I think some of the way you guide people through this is by knowing maybe intuitively at this point in time where those where those things lie in, in the body. Um, 
and that's that's something I'm just gray on. Um, Where the chakras are? Well, I know seeing the charts and read a bunch of stuff and things of that nature, but it's just the whole idea of tying a specific feeling or emotion to a particular part of yourself and what that, it seems to have some specific meaning to it if it's in your heart center in particular or some other place. Um, like I think from the, um, from reading the manual, you know, you, you have a list of things that would be heart center oriented, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, you know, what's coming out of, of someone. Um, and, you know, I don't know whether to just commit those things to memory or whether it's more. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to, you're going to learn them as you just do the work, but, but, uh, you know, just, to, just to summarize the, psychology behind it. This is chakra psychology. So we had the chakras are energy centers in the body and they each have different characteristics and they pertain to uh, different uh, desires, drives, needs, modes of consciousness. So, so, so the lower centers are lower levels of consciousness. You know, the first center is security center so so but but tying the emotions to the centers i've found to be of a major importance in doing the work and i found that this schematic that i use of the 10 chakras really holds up in practice that's really all i've used you know in my whole 20 year counseling career and and you you'll find that uh I think with your clients, they'll be able to relate to it quickly, especially if they have any background in meditation or Eastern philosophy. But, you know, the heart center is the affections, the love center. But it's also the center of rejection and jealousy and and hatred. Yeah, all, all these feelings. That, but... You know, many and and the solar plexus center is one of the most well. They're all significant, but the solar plexus comes up a lot because it's the center of, um, let's say, significance and this feeling of not being good enough seems to come up in almost everybody. It's interesting that when you're going through the induction and you know I realized one thing I might not have emphasized as much as I could have last week in the induction and what you're supposed to do is the body scan part but usually I do that right after the induction so let's do a quick body scan and many times somebody will say well I've got this icky feeling in the solar plexus or in the middle of my stomach they won't say solar plexus and and they'll sense the the congestion, the energetic congestion in the chakra, and maybe even before being able to articulate the feeling. So that's really interesting. So that's just another way that you can work with the body and still be doing significant work even before you get into the feeling and actually that you know that ties back to the question before suppose they can't feel their feelings well maybe they can feel their body 
So work on a bonding level with that person. Try that. If they can feel any kind of pressure, sensation, tension in any part of their body, it's usually good if it's in one of the chakra centers, but it could be in your hands or any place in your body. Uh, They can be chakras as well, minor chakras, but they can be energetic congestion points. So just being present with the energetic experience is working on a body level or they've got something flying around in their head that's an energetic uh, experience body experience not yet an emotional or uh, feeling experience but that can be significant and you can do significant work So she's identified uh, a solar plexus during the dialogue, which I thought was interesting. So she found the body feeling before we got even into talking too much about the main um, issue she's presenting, which is doubting herself and self-criticism or I'm no good. So right away that would be, you would relate that to the solar plexus issue. So we haven't talked too much about the chakras yet, but this is, again, something that you would get from the book. And I just remind you that it's you need to be totally conversant on correspondence between chakras and feelings. So I'm no good. Um, solar plexus issue, I could recognize that even before she went too much further. And then I emphasized the light, the positive light qualities, like I was talking last week about using the light to both diagnose and as a therapeutic tool. So she's weak in the sun, but she can connect to the earth. So being weak in the sun starts to make sense because that's the solar plexus. Sun corresponds to solar plexus, and she's got issues there. Body scan, the division between left and right body, which corrected itself as we proceeded. The feeling of impatience came up. Now, that's in line with with the work of this week. What kind of a feeling is impatience? Is that a first-level emotion, a core feeling, or a reactive emotional impulse, which we're going to talk about in a minute? So... I'd like you to start thinking along those lines in terms of identifying the feelings that are coming up. Impatience, I would say, was uh, a subconscious feeling or maybe even an emotion. It was not a reactive emotion. We'll talk about this more. It's probably not uh, entirely clear at this point. And then at the end, we asked for an image, and she went into a childhood uh, past life, or not past life, but childhood regression, which was uh, completely pertinent to what she's presenting. So we processed those feelings of not being good enough in the childhood setting. And it ended with a spontaneous heart opening, which she would think of as a positive experience. But uh, again, I'm always cynical whenever the client launches into a huge 
heart-opening positive experience because I'm always questioning, well, is she just flipping over into the positive side of this dualistic syndrome that she's locked in? Does everybody know what, I'm, what I mean when I say that? So the positive and negative always go together. So if she's into a deeply negative experience, like if, if it's the feeling of I'm not being good enough, then the positive side to that is, well, I, I have complete confidence and I can accomplish anything. So as we were saying, that's another form of delusion, right? But that may be what, where the client is now emotionally as a reaction to staying with the negative. So a fifth chakra, significant center, being not good enough. So let's, let's jump over to the negative core feeling. So inadequacy, unimportance, inferiority, invalidation, failure, disapproval, and it probably should be not good enough in here as well. But these are all the dualistic core feelings that would come up in solar plexus chakra issues. And then the positive dualistic core feeling is right next to it. Competence, significance, recognition, success, being good enough. Um, and maybe it would come down to approval versus dis disapproval. And that would, that would correspond to um, archetypal father influence, the typical father influence of the growing up child, approval and disapproval. So, you know, they're, they're dualistic complements. And you might assume that if there has been approval, then disapproval might have been generating in some form as well. You know, if the child experiences totally positive environment, are they going to develop the complementary negative aspects of any particular dualistic core syndrome? And, you know, my suggestion would be that it, it's possible. It's something to look out for. Now, maybe we don't know enough to say that, you know, it's always the case. But let's say, let's say a child had a, a very negative childhood experience, would they somehow rebound and develop those positive feelings? Well, you might say, well, maybe that's the karmic cause of negative childhood experiences, to rebound and develop the positive. So, you know, nobody really knows for sure what all this, how this all fits together, but these are all things to look out for and things to keep in mind as possibilities. So that's what, getting back to the session when she brought up the positive. Well, with her, it was a heart opening and not so much a uh, feeling of competence and I can do it, but there still can be a positive dualistic thing going on. There. Okay, so you know, we're starting on page 30 and these are the entry points, 31, 32, Three types of emotional feelings. This is uh, the critical part of this week's work, along with the third eye. So from now on, and we'll start this today, I want you to start always 
categorizing what kind of feeling is my client presenting. Now, I talked about this in the MP3s, but just to, you know, emphasize, is it a first-level feeling, a core feeling, or a reactive emotional impulse? A reactive emotional impulse is not a suppressed feeling and does not necessarily need to be treated the same way. So feelings like greed, rebelliousness, and so on. Look at the next page. Uh, first center, yeah, greed and panic might be the, the, the most prominent ones. Power center, rebelliousness might be the next most prominent one. Uh, sexual center, either acting out or inability, incapacity would be the acting out fe feelings. But what are the feelings behind that? Nurturing center, clinging, attachment, dependency. These are all the reactive emotional impulses. But the important thing is I want you to be able to categorize every feeling and starting with today and then into your sessions during the week, you're always thinking, what kind of a feeling is this? Now, this is different from the chakra that it could be associated with, but that's important too. But we're not so much looking at that right now. You'll actually verbalize, okay, this feels like it's a uh, reactive emotional impulse to me, or this feels like it's a uh, core feeling where this feels like it's just a uh, first-level emotion. So, you know, the first-level emotions are the active emotions. Anger, fear, depression. Uh, the core feelings are like not being, not being good enough would be a core feeling. Or in the heart center, loneliness is like a basic core feeling. Rejection is like a basic core feeling. Sadness in the heart center, I would say, is more of like a first-level emotion. I think it's a, it's a little tricky, like trying to, you know, I remember in our first week, she mentioned annoyed. She was annoyed. And I was like, it was like trying to think, like, what is that? And I couldn't, you know, because it wasn't listed in the list. And so I was like, I guess that's a, a little bit angry, maybe. And then, sure. yeah. And then and also like what I learned and like when I went to counseling, you know, they talk about angers like above always some other things. But I don't know if that's true necessarily. And I, I'm kind of curious your take on that. Cause they always say, yeah, yeah, I would say first level emotion. And then behind it would be the core feeling. Why are you getting angry? And it could be a variety of things. It could be rejection, I'm getting angry, heart center. could be a failure, solar plexus center, frustration and anger. It could be I'm being controlled and manipulated, power center, second chakra. I'm angry about that. You know, yeah. This could be a variety of core feelings behind the first level emotion of annoyance and anger. But I'm glad that you were starting to think along those lines already. That's nice. Mm -hmm.